Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, my friends. Eric Olson here, publisher and founder of blogcritics.org. If I sound fatigued, I am, although our tech people are vastly more so. I'm just kind of plugging along on 12-hour days. They seem to be working 20-hour days, trying to get things all up to speed. If you haven't heard, yes, it is true. Blog Critics has gone live with a brand new bottom-up, I mean, absolutely soup-to-nuts redesign. And, of course, uh, that happened only maybe 36 hours ago. Anytime you go to a completely different system of the complexity of this system, and I'm talking... I'm talking complex here. We got 84 some thousand stories. We have 3,000 writers. We got comments going on. We got all kinds of stuff going on all at the same time. 20 some editors. So it's an exceptionally complex system that has been rebuilt from the bottom up. And as a result, <laughs> there's still some bugs. So other than that, though, we're super, super interested in hearing what people have to think. Hope to be talking to some members, some writers, or some readers for that matter of the site, and for the most part, results uh, are very positive. This early on, it's very difficult to sort out that which is still uh, just just a bug, something that's going to get resolved here, purely a technical issue, and things that, that, you know, are genuine issues and that we have uh, have to address. Definitely some of the features that are there were there for the old site, still aren't quite ready to roll. Uh, they'll be coming in in the in subsequent hours, days, and weeks once we get all the bug stuff resolved. I guess a big major deploy just rolled out moments ago, which may uh, resolve some sort of fundamental underlying issue that we've had that uh, all this additional extra cool guy traffic has apparently exposed. So we'll be talking about that, talking about the new site at about 6.30, but prior to that, which means... In other words, right this minute, we are talking with Jim O'Connor, and he is the author of A Cuss Control. Jim, are you there? I am. I sure am. How are you? I am fine. How are you? Doing well. Excellent. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the book. And uh, sort of a, what, a complimentary feature, I suppose, uh, or in conjunction with the book, is you have a website, right? Yes, I do. Cusscontrol.com. Well, we should we should open that sucker up. Okay. Well, why don't you give us the basics? Uh, you know what 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 spurred you to uh, to write a book about cuss control and to and to address this? I'm I'm looking at the site. It looks very good. You have your cuss control academy there, where uh, they they are tamping down bad language in Lake Forest, Illinois. Good man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just give us a little background. How did all this come about? And then we'll go sure. into some of the details. Well, I uh, swore my whole life, but uh, I think I was pretty discreet about where and when I did it. And uh, but it didn't bother me that much when I heard people swearing, except I started hearing it a little bit too often uh, in public places like restaurants and uh, walking down the street and shopping malls, and certainly in the movies. I thought it was a little excessive in a movie, and I knew people who were walking out of movies because of the language, and I thought that was too bad because. Are you talking about on the screen or or among patrons? Oh no, on the screen. Okay. On the screen. Okay. And the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, there might have been a few screens, some swearing in the audience too, but uh, <laughs> yeah, people would leave and they they leave good movies, uh, good movies that sometimes even had a good uh, message to them, but they just didn't like the language. So I thought, well, you know, uh, it's all contributing to a decline in civility and manners. So I'll stop swearing myself altogether. Found it an impossible task to do. There were no classes, there were no books, so I came up with my own techniques and wrote the book. Interesting. Now. I I am very sympathetic. I I would say my path is probably not unlike yours. Um, you know, where, where things started changing for me is when we, when I had kids. I, I had my first two kids, and of course I didn't physically have them, but uh, my wife did uh, when I was young, um, you know, mid twenties. And then I had two more here uh, more recently. Uh, so I, I have a almost uh, twenty five and almost twenty two, and then nine and five. So, you know, in my in my teens and early twenties, I, I, you know, I mean, kind of, it's what everyone does, and you sure. do it for a fact. And I, I've always been a writer and thought I was pretty creative, you know, with my language, which would include could include um, uh, a colorful, as they say, or blue. Uh, but I certainly noticed, you know, when I had kids, that 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 really did kind of make me start thinking about how I came across. And certainly around them, and and that was kind of, uh, you know, when I first started thinking about it, it was mid twenties. I probably didn't change that much um, again until this second time around. And I, I've I've certainly noticed that even as a blogger, I started blogging in '02, and and I, I think if you look around the blogosphere, uh, it's probably changed a bit just because it's it's. Blogging has professionalized, and you've had a, a kind of a class of people who've, who've uh, you know, uh, kind of risen to the top and have have uh, uh, made a profession out of it, you know, or at least uh, sure. an avocation out of it. But but back then, and you know, six years ago, seven years ago, in um, <laughs> in, in blog terms, is 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 generations ago. There was all kinds of swearing. You know, it was just it was kind of like a lot of writers just took that opportunity to vent and you just had all kinds of venting or ranting right, actually right. as it was called so there's a lot of bad language and i noticed at that time so six seven years ago i was in my early 40s uh i noticed it bothered me and and you know it's, it's kind of like not so much when i did it because of course if i did it, it was clever and wonderful and made sense and it was justified but when other people did it i, I noticed <laughs> it was really starting to bother me and uh -huh. and and i i've been i've been thinking about it quite a bit ever since and i, I have my language has changed a lot but it takes a lot of effort well it does and i think uh maybe you didn't even realize it and i'm guessing i'm right about this is that when you hear a lot of swearing like the blogs that are ranting it's the ranting itself that gets to be annoying. The the swear words intensify the complaining, the criticizing, the lack of coping with situations, and that gets very tiresome. Oh yeah, More no so doubt. The swear words do. It, no doubt and, and about the, it. And, there, and you mentioned you're a creative writer. I mean, uh, people who swear a lot and write with a lot of swear words aren't very creative because the swear words are very very versatile. They can fit in there just about anywhere. So a really creative writer can rant without swearing. Right, I agree. I, I mean, where my personal thinking on it is now is, there's no question it, it, it can bother me and and turn me off to something like a movie. You know, you're, you, I mean, I it makes me feel kind of old and like you know an old fart. Let's use, let's let's swear, man. Uh, mildly, that's not even so much of a swear word anymore. That's another thing that's interesting. I'd like to talk about. Just I throw all this stuff out here. I throw it at you. And, 
and so I, I apologize for that. But um, okay. we, we've seen an evolution of what is and what is not considered, you know, yeah. forbidden. But w- anyway, what I was going to say is I'm much more sensitive to it, and, and I've just noticed that in my – well, in my writing, I, I rarely swear anymore at all. Uh, but it's, it's pretty rare. Uh, even privately, and uh, and in my speech, uh, you know, I mean, if it's the right circumstances, I'll still cut loose from time to time. But really, that's it's pretty specific circumstances and around pretty specific people, like my wife. No, my wife yeah, and you're I. You're using discretion. That's the whole point. That's the yeah. whole point of my book. My book's trying not, not trying to get people to stop completely because I think it is very difficult to do, and and profanity is part of our language and one way we express ourselves, but. People need to control it and uh, be more discreet about when and where they're choosing to swear. Absolutely agree. So wh- why don't we why don't we move on? You um, uh, you know on, on the site, which again let's refer people to it, cusscontrol.com. Uh, you know you have a list here. So what's wrong with swearing? And and you've mentioned certainly the the lack of civility. Um, what else would you say? Well, it's uh, and lack of creativity. Lack of creativity, and it's it does offend some people. Even though a lot of people aren't offended, it does offend some people. It influences the way people judge you. You may be very smart and intelligent, but they might judge you otherwise if you're using too much profanity. Uh, it's a corruption of the English language. Uh, a lot of good words are disappearing from our vocabulary because we keep using the same old swear words. Uh, it's boring. It's it's not colorful. Colorful is a really bad uh, word because it's it's boring it's it's, it's a so euphemism nasty. isn't it that's yeah. for sure yeah. <laughs> i agree yeah i agree so there's you know i think i've got 25 different reasons listed there why oh that's a lot <laughs> yeah but you know i i was talking to some kids one time some high school kids and they said they're looking at the list and they said I, I don't believe some of this and i said well how many how many reasons do you need and that seemed to make sense to them yeah, I right, exactly. Probably one's pretty good, you know. I mean, if it's powerful enough, yeah. and and there's lots. I I, I think, um, you know, I mean, there's kind of two sides to all of those things, sure. all yeah, those all those issues, all those points. But yeah. like you say, if you kind of if you add them up, um, you know, the the weight of that is there's relatively few circumstances where people don't or shouldn't have to pay attention to how they come across and what they say. And well, you know, a good example, attention. I think, is, you know, people, uh, I, I, one of them is here is it endangers your relationships. I, I've had a lot of people say, guys say to me, yeah, you know, I, I swear around the house all the time. It drives my wife nuts. So then well, don't I do say, it. Well, I say, isn't that a good reason <laughs> maybe, maybe for domestic tranquility and for the sake of your marriage that you try to reduce the use at least? Right. They don't even get it, you know. They say, oh, Never thought of that. No, oh, that hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> well, there may be other issues there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. See, my, my wife actually swears more than I do. So uh-huh. how often do you run into that? Well, surprisingly often. <laughs> yeah, you know, women, there once was a day when uh, gentlemen didn't swear in front of ladies and ladies didn't swear at all. But uh, now there's been equilibrium there uh, where the women live. try to fit in with the man's world, I guess. Women's live, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's interesting because I, I, like I say, I've I've noticed that my own language has has changed quite a bit over time, and that it's just kind of I, I haven't even so much probably made a conscious effort, you know. So I mean, do you, is it an age? Is that something you find with age? Do people kind of make that progression with age, or is it something more often that people 
consciously make that decision to make that well, kind I, of you know, change. Well, as, as people do get older, they tend to be in more environments where they can't swear. And when you're in high school and certainly in college, uh, you're mostly surrounded by other college kids. You know, everybody swears. And if you're in a certain working environment where everybody swears, that's fine. But there are some office jobs and other professions where you're not supposed to swear. And, and like you, they have children and they can't swear in front of the kids, so they kind of clean it up. I think it's just a maturing, too, of attitude, too. I mean, we we all have problems that make us swear and irritations that make us swear, but as you get older, you learn how to cope and deal with things a little bit more maturely. Right, or or more constructively, because, yeah. you know, often it just, uh, not only does it not help, but it, it can inflame the situation, you know. I mean, if, you, if you're having a conflict, typically swearing is probably not the best way to resolve the conflict. It typically just worsens it. Well, that's a good point I make in my book is that um, you need to communicate effectively, especially if you are having a, a discussion that becomes an argument. If you say to someone, well, you're really full of it, uh, what are they going to do? They're going to defend themselves. Instead, you say something like, well, w- what's your source for that information? Or that sounds like an exaggeration. Or who told you that? There's a way to, to get around it without really offending the person. Right, without the direct confrontation. Yeah. Um well, I certainly want to get into the 10 tips for taming your tongue. Boy, that is a wild alliteration, eh? Yeah, but, uh, but before I forget, just because I brought it up a little bit ago, I'm, I'm really interested. What are your thoughts on, on sort of the evolution of words? In, in, in other words, I, I watch kids' TV all the time because I have a 5- and a 9-year-old. You know, we watch Nickelodeon. We uh-huh. watch, uh, you know, to a lesser extent um, – I shouldn't say we watch it to a lesser extent, but it's purely for kids to a lesser extent. The Cartoon Channel or Cartoon Network, I should say, it's not it's not quite as purely kid oriented as, as Nickelodeon is, for example. But but even on Nickelodeon, you know, we're, we're watching uh, shows or or, or, the, or they will have live interstitials where they have kids, you know, introducing stuff, uh-huh. maybe stars of some of their shows, and and they will say words that that uh, you know, my mother who's seventy, uh, well. Mid seventies, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, it's funny okay. that people still worry about <laughs> revealing such things. But anyway, yeah, mid seventies. Uh, I mean, she'll hear him say "fart," and it just offends the hell out of her. She's astonished, right. you know. Right. And and my nine and five year old, I mean, they just fart, fart, fart all the time. They, you yeah. know, they don't it means nothing to them whatsoever. It it, it yeah. has lost its sting. How how does that happen? And is that a good or a bad thing? Well, it's good and it's bad. I mean, it's good in the sense that uh, it kind of mirrors what's happening with our society in general. We've become much more informal, more relaxed, less structured than we were 30, 40, especially 50 years ago. Uh, And that's a good thing because we're all under stress and why should we get bent out of shape over certain words? Uh, The bad part is that these words get uh, overused then as a result. And uh, other, other words disappear and uh, we just feel like we can use them freely whenever and wherever we want to. But, you know, in, in a sense, you know, the, a lot of the swear words are, you hear all the time now, ass, bitch, uh, things like that. But, you know, it's the F word, uh, the SH word still, that are, are the big offenders for a lot of people. And um, if those become very common, like fart has become, uh, we're not going to have any intense words to use when we're really, really mad. Right, wear, wear them out. Well, they lose their uh, transgressiveness. I guess is ultimately what it is, right? I mean, yeah, isn't that what profanity is about? Is is right? Shock factor, transgression. Yeah, I mean, if you never use the F word, and all of a sudden you get angry and use the F word, 
people will know you mean business. They will sit up and take notice. Yeah, but if you use it all the time, they're so what's he upset about now? It's just a crutch. Right. Well, have you ever seen SpongeBob? Speaking of Nickelodeon, uh, not recently. I saw it a couple of years ago. I haven't. Uh, I kind of outgrew it. <laughs> Did you now? Well, it's really a great show. It's one of my favorites. I don't mind watching it. it it's uh, hard to believe. I think this is the tenth year. Uh, I, they haven't really had ten full seasons because they don't. They they don't. They're not on that kind of a schedule, but they have been around 10 years now, and uh, you know it's remained pretty pretty fresh. One of the one of my favorite episodes is addressing this very subject. The two main guys, SpongeBob and his friend Patrick, who's even st- more stupid than he is, who uh, Patrick the uh, sea star, and of course SpongeBob is a sponge. And they're, you know, they're kind of of indeterminate age. You're not really sure, but, I mean, probably in human terms, like, you know, maybe 20-ish, something like that. And, I mean, they're they're young adults, but they're in many ways very immature. So, uh, anyway, they stumble across, and, you know, we are to believe they are so naive that they didn't even know about this. They stumble across written graffiti style um, some words. You never hear the words. You hear the. It's really funny, actually. The you know artful placement of of censorship. It's just a bunch of noises, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, in place of where the swear words would be. So we never really know what they're saying. Uh, but anyway, they start uh, peppering their language with uh, what they <laughs> sentence enhancers, which cracks me up. Sentence enhancers, uh-huh. and and they're in all these different environments. They're completely naive as as to the you know that this is in fact shocking. And he works in a restaurant, so he they're blurting out all this stuff to each other, you know. And and, and the sound effects are hilarious. They're using you know undersea you know, like dolphin noises and all this stuff to 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 to, um, to blank it out. Anyway, so they're in various settings, and, uh, and they're using this language. And, of course, everyone's horrified, and, and they don't even know what's going on. And uh-huh. it's really quite clever the way they do it, and they come to realize, you know, at the end that, oh, you know, oh my goodness, I had no idea and, uh, you know, had no intention of, of, of acting like that. And they reform their ways. And, and, of course, it turns out at the end, those who have been, who've been chastising them most severely – end up having their own issues, you know, the, her, his boss stubs his toe and this big no. stream of things come out there, too. So, you know, uh, it's a pretty clever study of human nature. But but it, it's very interesting to see how, you know, they they perceive uh, – it's it's kind of a, a, a microcosm of what kids go through because at first they don't know, you know. Yeah. They don't know what these words are. They, you know, I mean, they sense that they're used probably somewhat differently than others. Uh, you know, but gradually they they learn the meaning of them, and they you know they, certainly they, they learn the sound of them before they really understand what they mean and all right. that. All they know is maybe they get a rise out of people if they say it. Right. Um, and uh, you know, but then but then you you learn and uh, you make decisions. Uh, you know, from probably a very early age, if you are going to use those that kind of language and under what circumstances you are. So. Uh, it, it's just—it's a very uh, clever and interesting episode, and just you—you you being in that line of work and having written the book, might want to, excuse me, seek it out at some point and and just check it out because it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's certainly a, an interesting commentary on the use of language. Well, and if they can do it with humor too, which they did, I mean that's that's fun too. I mean it's it's like a lot of people say, um, well, what do I say instead? And 
there's a lot of words that they don't want to use, like for instead of saying BS, you can say, well, that's a bunch of hogwash, nonsense, uh, boulder dash, poppycock. They'll say, well, those are stupid words. People just laugh if I say those words. I say, yeah, that's right. You say poppycock, someone's going to laugh. Right. And that's funnier than getting upset with you because you're just swearing and just sounding grumpy. Exactly. Well, even, you know, especially in my writing anyway, where you have a little more time, I mean, even when I have used um, swear words, I, I like to think I have done so or do so in a, in a somewhat creative way. I mean, you know, I mean, I think you can kind of combine the the two. I mean, you can be creative and you can, um, I don't even know it's so much swearing, but it's more the kind of the, you know, transgressive kind of language. Uh, but but that takes time and effort, and and certainly in everyday speech, people typically don't want to do that. So let's get into it. From um, what what are your ten, or you don't have, certainly have to do ten, but uh, your primary tips for taming your tongue? Well, the first one is recognizing that swearing does damage, because uh, too many people think, well, what's wrong with it? Everybody does it, and it's just words. And you have to realize, no, it's not just words. It can be very offensive words, harmful words. It can fit any of those 25 reasons I gave for considering not swearing. Because uh, if you don't, if you don't believe that at the beginning that you're creating a, a problem by swearing, then you're just not going to change. Um, another one is uh, think positively, uh, because um, so much of the swearing we do is expressing something negative, and it's unpleasant to hear people complaining, criticizing, name calling, being belligerent and hostile. Um, also, uh, there's two types of swearing. I, I lump it into two, category, two categories, casual swearing and causal swearing. Casual swearing is swearing that you just say because it's casual language, lazy language, it's funny, it's lazy. Causal swearing is you're provoked by some pain or, or, uh, or anger or emotion. That's harder to control. But the casual swearing, you can eliminate that by simply uh, using different typical words that are easy. A great example is, um, uh, and this is another word that's no longer a swear word, pissed, pissed off. Right. Piss is one of George Carlin's uh, seven words you can't say on the air, but now... And so was says, fart. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. That wasn't one of the seven. Well, you, but, really? Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't one. Okay, uh, my mistake. Well, but see, if you look at, look at the, the expression pissed off, uh, these days people are either pissed off or effing pissed off. <laughs> you know what I mean? For emphasis, yeah. Yeah, but there's there's such a different range. I mean, there's upset, and then there's uh, outraged, livid, you know, uh, inflamed, um, infuriated, incensed. Uh, Very so good. Just yep, by now. So, you know, there's a different level of, of emotions that we're trying to express here instead of just being pissed off or having pissed off. Right. And with agitated... Somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, agitated. Someone says to you they're upset or agitated, you kind of want to know why. If they're saying they're effing pissed off, you kind of want to go somewhere else and talk to somebody else. Yeah. I would say yeah. I am aggrieved. <laughs> I, I, I asked a bunch of high school kids to come up with some options. One kid said perturbed. Good and man. I, yeah, I, I laughed. I said, next time you're really upset, just tell everybody you're perturbed. And I'm sure you'll get a laugh because that's such a ridiculous word. But at least in my mind, I thought it was kind of a silly British word. What you know? What I've always done, and what I like about language, or, or the way I use tend to use language, is a combination of the colloquial and the very high-minded. 
and I kind of mix those together in hopefully sometimes humorous ways. So, you know, taking words that are clearly kind of of the gutter and those that are, you know, barely known <laughs> and yeah. kind of mixing that all up. I mean, that's kind of how my mind works. Well, that's good. I and mean, that's one of the uh, elements of humor. If you do things in a series, you know, I was irritated, annoyed, and pissed off. I mean, that's not a good example, but we're in a series with the last one is the one word that surprises everybody. Right. Either because that's the swear word or it's the non-swear or word. Or it's the one that's not the swear word, right? Yeah, right. I had a friend who kept saying, uh, I was with my buddies from high school, and we, when we get together, we revert to our high school mentalities, and we're pretty foul-mouthed. He kept saying, oh, holy mackerel, holy mackerel. And I said, how can you keep saying holy mackerel? Because nobody noticed all day long. He'd said it about five times, only I was noticing it. And, which is an interesting point. Everybody else was saying, holy shit. Yeah. But he said, holy mackerel, nobody laughed, nobody said, hey, why, why, that's a silly word. No, nobody even thought about it, which just goes to show you, if you, you don't swear, most people aren't even going to notice that you're not swearing. Right, right. Well, it's interesting, the, you know, you were talking about the environments where there's a lot of swearing. Kind of the cliche, you know, or in the old days, uh, you know, like when I was a kid, for example, say, you know, 60s, um, you know, the perception was, okay, military, you know, Swearing like a sailor was is a still a cliche, you know, yeah. and um, you know, but but it was more at that time uh, it was more perceived to be the exception rather than the rule. Unless you were in those specific environments, which would be you know military, probably some kind of blue collar type environments, uh, probably sports, at least some you know. That's that's determined kind of by the coach, you know. I mean, right, my own right. experience. I had some coaches who, man, swore up a storm, and yeah. others who were who were very much against it, right. and and you know made an issue of it. Um, and uh, so so that's kind of you know determined at the top, I suppose, uh, sports. But uh, you know, it, it was very much perceived anyway, um, y- even if not exactly the reality that it was it was contained. And whereas I think. The perception I have, anyway, and and I'm I'm guessing because you you know chose to take on this topic and and write about it and whatnot that you might agree that it's kind of flip flopped where now it's it's just perceived to be you know hey swearing's the the norm and and you have to set aside environments where it doesn't happen. Right, there are just uh, getting to be fewer and fewer places. I mean, it, again, uh, years ago. Most people did not swear in the office unless the boss swore. But now in different offices, uh, you hear more swearing than you used to. It's become more commonplace. Again, this is all part of our our casual switch in society, like casual dress, casual conversation, casual sex. Everything's casual, laid back. Anything goes. It all has to do with freedom. You know, everyone wants to be free to do what they want to do and say what they want to say. And I, some people argue with me about the. First Amendment, freedom of speech, and I said, well, that's a misnomer, but if you're talking about freedom of speech, yes, you are free to use whatever language you want to, but don't confuse a constitutional amendment with civility and manners and just polite behavior. And and just and discretion, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, I mean, we all have to, unless you're a hermit, you know, living in a cave, I, I guess there's a few of those, but, um, you know, there's not a whole lot. Uh, I mean... No. Most people, one way or another, do have to interact with other people, and part of that is, 
you know, picking up on social cues. And, and uh, I mean, I, I don't think you want to be the person who who loses out uh, because you're either unaware or choose not to exert the kind of self-control required to, uh, you know, interact in a in a civil manner. Right, and it really is a reflection on your character. If you are inconsiderate for other people, if you're with your buddies at a restaurant and you all swear normally and you're swearing real loud in the restaurant, you got to take into consideration there's people next to you that don't care to hear that, and they're entitled not to hear that. And there may well be children there. Yeah. But a yeah, lot of people I... are just extremely, it's, it's, it's a very selfish and considerate attitude. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you. Oh, I'm hearing I'm hearing an echo. I'm hearing an echo. I just brought on the caller who is uh, who is logged in as Black Hour. So I think you, Miss or Mrs. or Miss Black Power, need to uh, bring down the volume of sound on your computer. In the meantime, I'm going to mute you because I'm going to lose my mind. All right. Well, uh, believe it or not, we've gone through a half hour. That was really quick. Very interesting stuff. And I uh, want to remind everyone they can pick up Cuss Control, the book. Uh, it's at uh, Amazon, right? Yes, absolutely. And available on your site. Once again, want to have people check out your site. It's Cuss, C-U-S-S, Control.com. And uh, lots of real great information from Jim. So what's wrong with swearing? Tips for taming your tongue. Cuss control of the book. Classes and presentation. What the media says. Frequently asked questions. And on and on. Very interesting stuff. I'm I'm I love language. I'm always really interested in it. And uh, I think you make some really great points. And I think I think your uh, your crusade, which I'm sure is overstating it <laughs> quite a bit, <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> you don't yeah. you don't seem to be. Uh... It's, a, it's a self-help book. I'm not trying to get the world to claim, change their language. It's an option. It's not you a jihad. To... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There's a new word in the language. You yeah, know, that's right. In ours, right. anyway. You know, in, in English. Uh... The other point I like to make in my book is actually very funny. I mean, it makes very serious points, but it's written very in lighthearted style, and there's a lot of jokes and. And there are a lot of swear words in there too. They're there to make a point. Well, one would one would think they would have to be. <laughs> yeah, hard to talk about swearing without swearing. Well, I have no doubt about any of that. Having talked to you, and I think you have the right attitude toward it. That uh, you know, hey, this is something that people should think about. But you know, you're not ramming down anyone's throat either. Yeah, there are worse things we have got to take care of in life. You, you do not strike me as a Puritan. Definitely not. Definitely not. I'm I'm actually a very liberal person in most regards, and. Uh, but I'm also a well-mannered person. So well, I think that sounds like something we should all aspire to. All right. Well, thanks so much, okay. Jim O'Connor, and appreciate uh, your checking in, and good luck with the book and, and the site, and uh, hope things go well for you. Thank you very much, Eric. All right. Farewell. Bye. Okay, now, it is time <laughs> to switch over. And uh, in in some ways, I have some trepidation, but, uh, you know, what... What, what can what can we do about such things? Uh, you know, as I mentioned, we we flip the switch on the brand new blog critics, and no matter how much testing you do, no matter how hard you work in advance, when you have something that complex, and I, you know, people, it's so easy for people to get, kind of get caught up in their own little view of things, their own little perspective of things, and and to lose sight of the big picture. And the big picture is blog critics. 
is a tremendously complex organization and operation. And, and every action that takes place on that site, someone has to code from a technical standpoint. So with all that being said, uh, we do have someone now on the line. Is that Lisa McKay? It is indeed. How are you, Eric? I am mostly good, because you know what? I'm not the guy who's got to take care of all the technical issues. The technical issues, boy, I'll tell you, I think what's really impressive is, first of all, the site just looks amazing, amazing. It's beautiful, don't you think? I certainly agree, Uh, absolutely. What I'm really excited about is the fact that we are showcasing our writers' work in a really, really professional way. I just think that I, I published a whole bunch of stuff today, and every time I would go look at it on the site, I just thought, wow, that just looks so polished and so good, and I'm kind of sorry I don't have the time to write something myself this week because I would really like to see something of my own looking that pretty on the page. Well, um, that is such an exceptional point, because as you know, as well or or better than most people, I haven't been writing a whole lot for the site for a while, although, you know, little more now than than for quite a while, and I, I feel myself being, you know, drawn back in. But I was able to be really just sort of the titular head, I don't want to take too much credit, uh, for our Obama-rama. I mean, at least I had the idea, hey, yay me, I had the idea for a, a you know, cultural perspective on Obama, and the original name was Obama Nation, and that just shows you how interesting the internet is. What, what the reason we could not use Obama Nation is was that any kind of search, and we got to be realistic. I mean, people, the great majority still of people come to our site, go to any site or almost any site, uh, any big site anyway, uh, via search engine. So you really do have to be aware of you know kind of who your peers are when someone's doing a search for those names. And the kind of sites that were coming up under Abomination were the kinds who were who were using that, the the sound alike, the the euphonious aspects of similarities to Abomination, and so they were they they were haters, and we just we really couldn't be associated with that because we don't want to be, and that's not how we feel, and that's not how we operate, and and even our political writers who are you know diametrically opposed to Obama. Politically, um, you know, do so in more or less civil terms, and in a grown-up fashion, and in a grown-up fashion, and and yes. back up their opposition with facts and thinking and logic, as opposed to some of the some of the lunacy that was coming up if you put in a search for <laughs> abomination. So we had to change that. We ended up with the similar similarly euphonious, I think. Uh, <laughs> Obama-rama. So I anyway, Obama-rama. Uh, oh, I do too. I do too. It's perfectly, perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever, and it it, it sounds good. It's it's musical. It's it's poetic. So you know, all I really got to do with with that was kind of come up with the idea. You know, solicit writers um, to cover the various aspects. Again, you know, kind of in in the way we work, they pick what they want to write about. Hey, you know. I want to do a story. This will be our main feature for the for the week. It, well, at first I didn't know it was going to be extended as far as it is because we have had such tremendous input, including from you, by the way, even though you put it down. I, I certainly read very carefully when I was editing the you know final version to put it up yesterday and uh, 
went over it quite carefully, and I, I thought you covered the topic very well, which was President Obama's favorite movies and what yeah. what that means and what Im- impact that has had on his life and what the ramifications are. So anyway, yeah, I, I, we've had really interesting feedback kind of from all over the place, which is certainly <laughs> uh, certainly indicative of the way Blog Critics works, uh, being a, a gathering place of of uh, disparate minds from literally all over the globe. And um, But yeah, I, I'm very excited about the way it has turned out. We got a number, I think it's 10, 11, 12 uh, contributions, and some of them somewhat long, so we're we're just spreading it out. We want to beat people over the head with it, make each one, you know, uh, 2,000 words-ish each each version, each day's rollout, rather than having some massive, you know, 10,000-word uh, monstrosity. But anyway, uh, all I really did was uh, put it together, edit it, and I wrote an intro, which was, you know, pretty brief and breezy in and of itself. But... Uh, Taking into account, uh, or back to what you said, yes, it's so fun to see that and to see my name attached to it and to see the artwork attached to it. I like the the caricature that our uh, our uh, design guy, by the way, um, Ryan from Technorati, who is who designed the site, the the visual look of the site as well as a lot of the the um, navigational elements, and. Uh, it's very exciting. So, uh, no question about it. I, I, you know, what we're dealing with now because it's the second day and it's kind of the end of the second day, and and everyone's kind of getting tired. I, I'm, I'm sensing, you know, there's some frustration with with the with the bugs, but that's what we just have to keep telling everyone and telling ourselves too. Of course, is this is such a massively complex endeavor, and it was done really quickly. I don't know whether they have 10 weeks maybe when the, from when the decision was made. Uh, I don't think it was much more than that. Uh, 10 weeks to literally, you know, uh, at least in some regards, start all over again and redesign yeah. the site. Of course, Philip, who's not with us because he's working, he's coding. He's busy. He's, he's busy, man. He's doing stuff. Well, we haven't, had, we haven't got RSS back up. And uh, our RSS is really complicated. We, you know, we have thousands of feeds because we've yeah. broke it down every way you possibly could. Broke it down by section, by category. We have a lot of categories, which we don't have anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm, that'll simplify it, I think, since you won't have to deal with categories. But by section, by writer, you know, by kind of story, on and on and on. And on. Just literally, I think thousands of different RSS feeds. So. Even if it's really boiled down to, you know, uh, a tiny percentage, it's still dozens and dozens of feeds, and that was just, you know, something that hasn't got done yet. And so uh, he's, I think he was just literally getting started on it now, uh, you know, because we're already hearing from our our RSS uh, provider because we do uh, we do run ads in our RSS feed, and I think we do still anyway. <laughs> I should check these things. Uh, and anyway, so we got to get the RSS going because it's also, you know, I mean, it is still a way. It's not what it was a couple years ago when it was kind of the newest thing. Um, but, you know, I think there's still a significant number of people who do read the site or learn about, you know, at least learn about the stories and whatnot, um, you know, via RSS. And it's also uh, we've lost our 
BC Articles Twitter feed as a result um, because that's supplied by RSS. So I know he, Philip's working on that right now. But, you know, what's happened is, is it's all, again, it's all so predictable. Uh, you know, we've had a, we had a big flood of traffic at, at, uh, at various points, you know, when, when some of this publicity has been happening. And, and we've really had a tremendous response. I mean, looking at the press, we've had some very significant stories written on some, you know, very big sites, TechCrunch and and uh, paid content, and uh, there's another kind of techie one I'm not thinking of at the moment. But then, you know, then dozens of other sites kind of pick it up from there, and and uh, some of those af the, those affiliated with those sites or those who just paraphrase them and whatnot. I mean, I've seen it everywhere. I saw it on CBS. Uh, I've seen, um, I think, some wire. Maybe it was uh, Washington Post. Maybe anyway, it's it's all over the place. So. Uh, and it's very positive. People are saying essentially the same things. Wow, it really looks great. So I think that's really what we want to focus on. It's how does it look? How does it, you know, how does it feel? How usable it is? And and we know, um, you know, that there are some features, uh, not 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 only just n new features that we have never had before, but you know, some features that we did have before with the old site that that just didn't. There just wasn't time to get inputted into you know the by launch day and so those things will be forthcoming i mean it's not like we aren't getting the attention i mean we got three four including dave because he he's not just a supervisor he is a programmer himself a coder himself so we got four people at least that i'm aware of working you know really full-time i mean these guys have been working I mean, I, Dave. I mean, not exaggerating. Worked like 16 hours yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I know Philip's been putting in very, very long days as well. And I think the other thing that's you know really important to to sort of focus on is that you know our writers are probably all well aware of the fact that we've had a couple of bumps in the road over the past couple of days. But by and large, most things are working really, really well. And you know most things are happening, and most things are going on, and we're we're publishing. I mean that's that's what we do. We get stories out onto the site every day, and that is you know nothing's happening to stop that in probably ninety nine percent of the cases. That's so right. You're absolutely right. We, we you know are definitely we, moving onward and upward. There was no interruption. We just switched from one site to the other. The other the new one was ready to go. It was it was populated with stories. People are continuing to publish. You know, there's there's all the. I guess there is some sort of you know fairly major underlying bug that that hopefully now I know they just did a deploy recently. Uh, they think they hope they believe uh, that may finally be fixed and and that'll take care of kind of the the real urgency that we've had here where when things have just completely shut down periodically uh, and and. Uh, you know, but again, anytime you have such a major undertaking, not only do you have the coding involved with that undertaking, but you're also sort of exposing, you know, underlying mm -hmm. structure that was maybe right. covered up before or that was compensated for before. And so you're right. getting at some of that stuff too and you don't you don't know what's gonna happen when that stuff's yep. exposed. So I mean that's the kind of things that we're dealing with here, and uh, like you say, I mean, things do work. They have worked. 
There's always going to be adjustment issues. It's really easy to forget the kind of feedback and the response that we've had when we've made changes in the past. I, I'm kind of saying um, pr probably too glibly that this is really our first, you know, total redesign, and in some ways it is. But, you know, Philip has rolled out, uh, you know, we've, we've certainly had changes in design uh, of the site before. And, you know, a couple pretty major ones. Uh, you know, it's been a while now. It's been certainly a few years since the last one. But, uh, you know, when I think back to the kind of reaction that we, we have got every time there's been changes, I mean – even though there are some pretty vehement people here, you know, uh, I mean, compared to the number of people, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of writers, thousands and thousands of readers. I mean, it's a handful of people who are incensed, and typically their issues are, are just things that are just temporary bugs anyway. And you just got to realize, hey, there's issues, there's temporary issues. They're getting resolved as quickly as possible. You can't get too worked up about it. It's only been, what, 36 hours, 40 hours or something <laughs> since it went live. And things are, you know, will get resolved. The things that aren't just bugs, you know, things that are kind of more feature-y stuff, even that stuff's going to get resolved because, like I say, yeah. they just didn't have time to get to some of these issues, some of these features yeah. that we had before. Remember, you know, Philip's been working on the site for, for six years. He's had six years to build the site as it was before. Uh, yeah. He said that he he and his his fellow, uh, you know, designers and coders, uh, uh, which isn't a lot of people. I mean, we're talking you know five people maybe or, or something like that um, at any given point in time have uh, have had ten weeks to completely start again over from scratch, and you know both the public side of it. What everyone sees in, in, uh, at blogcritics.org and the back end, how, how we load in the stories, how those stories get published, how they're edited, uh, you know, all of that stuff. Um, it's just not a whole lot of time that they've had. And, uh, you know, it's remarkable, I think, how, how well everything does basically work. And uh, like you say, everything's functional. And all I keep coming back to, and fortunately, this is what the vast majority of people, and I'm you know, our writers, the readers, people we're hearing from, the 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 uh, general reaction in the blogosphere or the press, is people say, "Wow, it looks really, really great. <laughs> it's amazing. It's really professional. It is super yeah. cool, and it's it's less cluttered." Um, you know, it's much more streamlined. It's it looks like a real professional media site. The visuals, the, the graphic elements are much more prominent now, and I'm really happy to see how many of the writers are getting their pictures uploaded. You know, I mean, when I looked, when we, you know, when when I looked first at the site after it was live um, yesterday morning, I mean, only a handful of of people had pictures uploaded but now you know if i look at the front page there's the great majority of of the stories uh, i'm seeing have have people's pictures and and what that does is it, it's objective and subjective it subjectively it just it gives people a sense of who you are and lets people identify with you i mean even if you're not using your picture it's just whatever you put there yeah. representing yourself you know we're not forcing people to use actual photographs of themselves, but you know, some 
representation, some icon, some avatar, whatever. Um, you know, they they have in some some way, shape, or form a better sense and a better identification uh, with you. And then it just in, on the objective level, it just makes it visually easier to to spot uh, stories by writers who you like because you know you'll see the picture, whatever it may be, in association with the story. And then it's much easier and quicker, and, and it's a visual cue to be able to pick out that person's work by just scanning the front page. So uh, I'm really excited about that, you know. And, and we'll get better and better and better about using these, this new capability that we have as far as pictures and, and images go. You know, uh, we're not really supposed to be emphasizing it because it sounds so retro, but, you know, we did not have the capability of uploading pictures before. We've had lots of pictures on the site, but we didn't host them. So we were always at, uh, you know, at the mercy of, of Flickr or whomever, you know. I mean, we've actually had people hosting on on sites that have that have gone away you know yeah, yeah. And, and then we that we, and there's no control that we have over that nothing we can do about it we just yeah you know. it's it's very nice to be able to do this i actually um actually published an article uh, a, an article last night and the um the writer had actually done the link incorrectly and had sort of linked to the main uh, Flickr page where the photo was instead of the actual image URL. And since I had the image there, I just downloaded it to my desktop and then uploaded it to BC and just did it that way, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I was like, scrambling. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, similarly, I, you know, I had no photo editor um, yesterday morning, and here we were scrambling to get all those those uh, no, actually, this was Monday to get all of the uh, the promos up because we weren't going to go live till we had the promos up, and um, you know we were learning how to use this whole new f- promo slotting system, much more sophisticated, much more elegant. And and by the way, I want to mention, please, we really, if you're listening, we welcome you to call in, whether you're a writer, editor, reader. Interested party, uh, give us a call, 646-595-3195. That is 646-595-3195. Uh, but, you know, it, it didn't take a whole lot of time to figure out. It's just it's like anything else. You do it a few times, and it's old news, you know. Um, I, I, as happens so often, all you have to do is send out a question, you know, to the group, to our Yahoo group, to the writers, or to our our editors group, and someone always has an answer. It seems like you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, okay, so so people start saying, okay, I need a photo editor because I need to be able to upload pictures. At least right now, we need uh, pictures that are a specific size. In other words, we can't size them um, uh, on the fly. We have to size them. In, in advance and then upload them um, already sized. There's no auto sizing uh, in our system yet. So, uh, you know, that was causing me all kinds of issues because I didn't know how to do it. You know, okay, I, I have a picture, what do I do? And I didn't know what to do. But, I mean, just, just in the course of, you know, <laughs> a day, uh, we had a couple recommendations on free, no cost, um, photo editors. And, you know, downloadable free photo editors. So I picked up one of those, started using it, uh, and and now 
it's already it's second nature. You know, I mean, think about it. I I from somewhere. I I um, upload it, uh, you know, onto my desktop, and and into this editor. It goes automatically into this, and I can size it whatever size I need, and uh, and then uh, you know, magic presto, take that the result of that, save my save my changes, upload that into the system, and there you go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm having – whereas I, I, I was kind of hesitant and dragged my feet in, you know, about getting into the whole photo editor promo slotting things. Like, oh, God, something else to have to learn, and ugh, nightmare, screw that. You know, now it's a lot of fun. It's, it's fun, and I, I, I too, am very um, – I'm always very – initially resistant to having to learn a new way to do things and I'm sure human that, nature. Yes, I'm sure that like you and like most people that do the same type of repetitive tasks every day, my blog critic work had a very extremely well defined you know, I, I had a system. Sure. And I'm I'm having to learn a little bit of a new system now, but it's I'm amazed at how quickly it's you know starting to come together. I thought it would take me probably a good week, and it really isn't. It's taking me you know a day and a half to kind of you know get into the rhythm of it. So I agree. I have no I more th- fear. I think we're all a little more plastic than we give ourselves credit for. My my fear is gone. That's a good sign because I I it's had fear. Fearless. You know I put it off. I put it off. I. Uh, Promo slotting, man, I, yeah, I don't like the look of that. Whoa, look at all that but, nonsense. Ugh. Well, and once you do one, I mean, you know, I was a little daunted by them too, but, I mean, once you do one, you go, oh, well, that's not so hard. Well, of and, course. And, of course, we can always say that about anything, can't we? <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, of course it is. It's human human nature. surgeons probably say that every day when they go to work, you know? They do, they do. They oh, do. man, that's hard. I don't want to have to do that. I don't have to learn a new way of doing it, you know. I want to go back to the days where where uh, where uh, hairdressers were dentists, you know. <laughs> Theodoric of York, remember, <laughs> on the SNL. <laughs> or was it hairdressers were dentists? I can't remember. There's some bizarre combination of uh, <laughs> of professions that were that were linked. Uh, in in the in ye old uh, olden days. All right. Well, once again, I, I would really love. We're running running out of time, as as always seems to happen. The clock never stops ticking. Only got about six minutes left. But we really did want to encourage anyone who wanted to call in and uh, chat with us about it six four six five nine five three one nine five to please go right ahead and do so. We'll be happy to bring you right in, answer your questions, talk to you, discuss it. You know, we we're, we're very happy to have. Feedback, uh, you know, we'd never want to give the impression that we, you know, discourage input because uh, because we don't. I, the only and and we, you know, a couple people have honestly, I guess, genuinely said, no, I I don't like the way it looks. But geez, it's a it's a tiny percentage because I mean, we know the pattern. The pattern is is people are resistant to change. Period. And I'm actually still sitting here now stunned at how little resistance to change we've had this time. I think maybe we set it up pretty well. You know, I think we perhaps we prepared people pretty well. And and I think just ultimately the new design really does look good, I think is, is ultimately what it is, you know. 
Yeah, um, I think that's the bottom line. I mean, I, people look at it, and I mean, it, like you said, it's just, you know, it looked pretty before, but this is the first time we've had the site designed by an actual professional website designer. Exactly. Who designs websites for a living. And it really and it's makes paid a for it. difference. Yeah. <laughs> and it gets paid for same. Yes, your son had done the majority of our of our design work prior to that. And uh he had done quite well actually for someone who, you know, was just doing it well, for he, fun. Oddly enough, I mean he's actually still he's still doing a bit of that freelance now, so the skills he acquired have stood him in good stead. Well, I'm glad to hear that because uh, we we always want it to be a reciprocal thing, you know. We, <laughs> we want people to gain from helping us as we gain from their help. Indeed. So what do you think of the uh, – uh, did you listen to the first half, the cuss control the discussion? I, I didn't, but if, if, uh, if your guest in the first half wrote a book about um, controlling one's foul language, I should probably pick up a copy. Well, it was very interesting because he's, you know, by no means a uh, a, a Puritan. This is not some crusade or jihad. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he just – it had occurred to him uh, that there's more and more circumstances where, you know, offensive, quote-unquote, language uh, enters into the fray. It used to be a relatively narrow social set of social settings where, um, you know, swearing was uh, acceptable. Now it's more kind of the reverse of that, where there's relatively there's, – there's fewer places, or at least people seem to feel this way. Uh, you know, there's, there's more places now where – it's normal where it's the norm than than where it's you know prohibited and yeah. his his opinion is simply that 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 you know it it's it's purely a matter of of uh of, of social lubrication and and courtesy you know that that uh, a lot of people have just do it as a as a matter of habit they don't really think about it and you know that it's probably to everyone's benefit if people not remove swearing from their vocabulary from their behavior but to simply reserve it for where it has the most impact mm-hmm. the less often you swear the more impact it has yeah i agree i i remember when um we, when we were you know parenting a teenager and that language was, you know, obviously starting to creep into various conversations. Uh, I think that was one of the lessons we tried to get across was, you know, we're not telling you not to use this language, but you had really better use it only in situations where it's appropriate. And, you know, like not in front of your grandmother, for example. Exactly. You know, stuff like that. Uh, absolutely. Or in front of your friend's parents. You, you know, have I don't swear in front of my parents. Never have. Well, that's good. That's good. I I certainly don't swear in front of my mother-in-law. I mean, I, you know, I just would I would feel as though that was disrespectful. Right. I, and it's 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 not some you know magical inherent thing. It's just what it's it's being sensitive to what the people you're inter- interacting with 
you know, what exactly. their what their sensibilities are. That's yeah. really all it I, comes down to. And I never, ever, ever swear at work, ever. That was one of his big points was how much yeah. that's changed. You know, I but there's still really settings. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. You know, th- there are some settings where it's kind of the norm. You know, I mean, if you're in the military, I guess it's pretty much the norm. Oh, sure. Or if you, you know, if you work on a loading dock or something, yeah. Right, that's fine. A construction site. Right. In a professional setting, not so much. Yeah, I agree. And and it can make a difference because, I mean, it really can make a difference in how you're perceived. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think you can make a very bad impression by using foul language in the workplace. Right. It, or just anywhere where it's not appropriate, that's all. Yeah. I mean, and yet at home, when I'm at home, all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was mentioning he, he he was using an example of of uh, a husband who you know comes to him and and cause he he coaches this as well and uh, and says yeah you know yeah you're right I you know I swear around the house uh, I don't even think a whole lot about it and my wife hates it and he said well okay then that's a pretty good reason to think about it isn't it if your wife hates it and so then I said well you know my wife probably swears more than I do. <laughs> and he said, you know what, that's not that unusual anymore either. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably swear more than my husband does. I'm he, sorry to say. I mean, you know, the way he, his his overall perception of it is, you know, this change in society is, certainly has positive sides. Things are less formal, you know, they're more informal, there's more openness, much less, uh, you know, resorting to rank, that kind of thing, than there used to be, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, you know, but with that, uh, you know, it's not all or nothing, in other words. Yeah. You know, you need exactly. to pick and choose. All right, well, it's it's 701, so we're off the air live. Uh, we did not have any callers. Uh, that's okay. We certainly had a chance to chat about things, and say what we think about it and we're certainly excited and yeah I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up again you know probably by next week's show maybe in some ways it'd been better to wait a week but you know nothing wrong with chatting about it now and getting our impressions out there and uh yeah maybe we'll try it again as a topic I'm sure it at least will come up uh, on next week's show but yeah I just want to remind everyone we are BC Radio Live we're here Every Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock Eastern, 6 to 7. Typically from 6 to 6.30, I'll be interviewing someone, as I did tonight, with uh, Jim O'Connor, author of Cuss Control. And then from 6.30 to 7, we will chat about things related to blog critics. And usually Philip Wynn is here with us uh, this evening. He is, he is still scrambling, still busy, wildly, madly coding patching bugs, and we we appreciate his efforts in that regard. So it was just the always lovely, charming, and talented Lisa McKay with me this evening in the BC portion of the show. So have a great week, Lisa, and, uh, you, and appreciate all your efforts as well. We've all been working harder than usual, certainly, though. Though it pales in comparison to our, our friends on the on the tech side of the ledger. That's for sure. All right. Well, have a great evening. Thank you. You too. Good night. Thanks. Bye-bye.